Welcome to the channel. We are going to be looking at the government's motion, its opposition to Elizabeth Holmes's motion that she be let out free on bail while her appeal is in process. Now, here's the problem. She and her partner had bought tickets, get on a plane and go to Mexico. We're going to we are going to take a look at what the government has to say about this. We're going to take a look at the email uh, about how she thought she was going to do this. All of that is just here. Just imagine for a second that what are you thinking when you've got these fraud charges? You have a trial. Uh, you're likely facing a prison sentence. But the thing to do is to hop on a plane and go to Mexico. Okay. Yeah. Let's pull up this, uh, let's pull up this, this opposition, this document that the government filed in opposition to their motion. All right. United States opposition to defendant Elizabeth Holmes motion for release pending appeal. And I'm not going to go all of this. I'm going to jump right in, in the beginning, we're going to pass by all of those lovely details, rules, and cases. I want to go over the introduction first. Give you some background for those who might be new to this. Okay, so she has already gone to trial, okay? She's already received this sentence. She's supposed to report to prison. They even gave her extra time. Let, let me just go here. The government opposes defendant Elizabeth Holmes' motion for release pending appeal. More than a year ago, defendant was found guilty on four felony fraud related counts associated with a loss to victims of at least $120 million. The court imposed a sentence of 135 months of imprisonment along with other conditions on November 18, 2022, but provided a generous self-surrender date almost six months out at least in part because defendant informed the court that she became pregnant with her second child between the jury returning a guilty verdict against her and her sentencing date. While facing these serious felony charges at trial and awaiting the court's sentence, defendant has lived on an estate with reportedly more than $13,000 in monthly expenses for upkeep and has conceived two children with her current partner. Defendant continues to show no remorse to her victims. While the criminal justice system presumes at this point that a criminal defendant would begin serving his or her custodial sentence, defendant seeks instead to loosen the restrictions placed on her region of travel based upon vague references to her partner's work commitments. Defendant, however, cannot meet the stringent standard for release pending appeal mandated by Congress. There are not two systems of justice, one for the wealthy and one for the poor. There is one criminal justice system in this country. And under that system, the time has come for Elizabeth Holmes to answer for her crimes committed nearly a decade ago, as found by a jury made up of a fair cross-section of individuals from this community, and to begin serving the term of imprisonment imposed by this court as sufficient 
but not greater than necessary to account for those crimes. The government respectfully requests the court deny defendant's motion. Okay, <sighs> that was a lot. So let me um, talk about one thing that they did say there. This piece about um, this piece about there are not two systems of justice. Some people would probably read that part and go, oh yeah, there are, because how is it that she has been out this long, just living her life in this place that requires $13,000 a month just for its upkeep? Yet most people in this country, when they're in a position where they've been charged with a crime and they've been sentenced, I mean, even the, I get to turn myself in and I get six months out to be able to do it, a lot of people will feel some kind of way when they read that. So let's just be clear here. There are still instances that show us that there are times when there are two systems out there. Let me pull it back up. Let's see what I want to talk about next before I head into it. Okay, so we have a little bit more background here. It says defendant's trial spanned four months, during which over 900 exhibits were admitted and 32 witnesses testified. On January 3rd, 2022, the jury found defendant Holmes guilty of four counts charging conspiracy to commit wire fraud during the period 2010 to 2015 and wire fraud against three specific investors in Theranos. All right, so let me move down to this section where it talks about the legal standard and what she has to prove in order to get out on bail pending appeal. So it says um, there was the Bail Reform Act of 1984 that provides that after conviction and imposition of sentence, detention is mandatory. Mandatory means she's supposed to go to prison right then, okay? Mandatory, absent clear and convincing evidence that a defendant is not a flight risk or danger to the community, okay? Now, further down, let me show you actually what she has to prove, okay? One, what I just talked about. Two, that her appeal is not for the purpose of delay. Three, raises a substantial question of law or fact that is for it likely to result in a reversal, an order for a new trial, or a sentence that does not include a term of imprisonment or a reduced sentence um, to less than time served. Okay, so here's where we get into this issue about whether or not she is a flight risk. It says, because the burden has shifted at this stage, meaning post-conviction and post-sentencing, defendants' cursory arguments that she is not a flight risk or economic danger to the community do not suffice to meet the clear and convincing standard she faces. Furthermore, none of the arguments she has raised pose a substantial question as described further below. Whether Regardless of whether any of the topics she has asserted do raise a substantial question, defendant cannot meet the final requirement because each of the topics relate to harmless or non-prejudicial errors that do not affect all counts of conviction. All right, so let's get to this. She has not shown, okay, defendant has not met her burden of showing by clear and convincing evidence that she is not a flight risk. All right, so let's get into the details of what exactly happened here. All right, contrary to defendant's assertion that she has a flawless record with U.S. pretrial services and claim that no evidence suggests she will flee while she pursues her appeal, the incentive to flee has never been higher. Meaning, you know, yeah, she's been sentenced at this point. They've got a baby 
who wants to go to prison now? And defendant has the means to act on that incentive. As an initial matter, defendant's record with pretrial services and the court does not account for her attempt to flee the country shortly after she was convicted. The government became aware on January 23rd, 2022, that defendant Holmes booked an international flight to Mexico, departing on January 26, 2022, without a scheduled return trip. Declaration of Kelly I. Volcar in support of the United States opposition to this motion is attached as Exhibit 1. Only after the government raised this unauthorized flight with defense counsel was the trip canceled. Like they didn't even think to go ahead and cancel that. Why? Why? On information and belief, defendant's partner, William Evans, left on the scheduled date with a one-way ticket and did not return until approximately six weeks later, returning from a different continent. The government anticipates defendant will note in reply that she did not in fact leave the country as scheduled, but it is difficult to know with certainty what defendant would have done had the government not intervened. And they have a case here talking about canceling a flight ticket did not outweigh other indicators that defendant was a flight risk. So you can surely understand the government's concern here. You know, it's wait a second. You've already been convicted. It's, it's post-conviction, post-sentencing. So you know you're going to prison at some point in time, but you've got this flight to Mexico with your partner. So now it looks like, you know, your family has gathered up to go out of the country and it's only a one-way ticket. I, I don't know how they didn't think that this was going to be an issue. Did they have a conversation with their lawyer about this? Did their lawyers know in advance, did their lawyers have an opportunity to advise them? It could be that their lawyers didn't even know that they had done this. And then he goes and he comes back from an entirely different continent. And we'll see in the email exactly where it was he went, because that was a concern and a problem for the government. So it says here, indeed, another judge in this district analyzed several factors that are also present here and found the defendant failed to meet his burden of proving he was not a flight risk. For example, defendant never fully appreciated that she would be incarcerated based on ill-founded hopes that the court would give her a probationary sentence. Moreover, defendant has never demonstrated in her words or manner a genuine acceptance that she stole a significant amount of money from investors by lying and falsifying documents. The court there also referred to a potential flight to Portland, Oregon, and noted the Canadian border is not that far from Portland and the defendant has assets to assist him in if necessary. So to here. So they're talking about that other case and saying, hey, this case is a lot like that case. Defendant has lived on an estate for over a year where based upon the monthly cash flow statement defendant provided to the U.S. probation office, monthly expenses exceed $13,000 per month. Defendant asserted that her partner pays the monthly bills rather than her, but also listed her significant other's salary as zero. Nevertheless, at the same time when her incentive to flee has never been higher, 
defendant has requested the court ease the restrictions on her travel, permitting her to travel outside of the Northern District of California and perhaps out of the state altogether due to her significant others employment. So let's just stop here for a second. So she's saying that her partner is paying these expenses of $13,000 a month. His salary is listed as zero. I wish they would provide the documents to us so that we could take a look at that. I haven't seen them, but that's what the government is stating in this response to her motion. They're saying that there's enough money there coming from somewhere for them to go somewhere and not come back. And then there are to add to that, that there are these tickets of them leaving, but not coming back. So the government is saying, hey, there's this other case out there very similar to this. And uh, bail was not given there. We don't think bail should be given here either. Let's scroll to the email, the declaration, because that's what I want you to see next. I'll possibly do the harm in another video, but let's go to this email. This is exhibit one or something here. I, Kelly, I, Volker, declare I am an assistant U.S. attorney representing the U.S. of A, the plaintiff in this case. Attached hereto as exhibit one is a true and correct copy of an email exchange between counsel for the government and defense counsel on January 23rd, 2022. I was informed by our federal partners that Elizabeth Holmes' partner, William Evans, left on the scheduled date, January 26, 2022, to Mexico and returned March 4th, 2022, from Cape Town, South Africa. I declare under penalty of perjury under the laws of the United States of America that the foregoing is true and correct and that this declaration is executed in Oakland, California on January 19th, 2023. So now we have this AUSA's declaration that he left in January. He didn't come back until March. He didn't come back until March. And he didn't come back from Mexico. He came back from where he came back from a whole different place okay cape town south africa he's in a whole different country on a whole different continent yes yeah, so you can see certainly why uh why the government had some concerns here but now we want to go over to the email exchange about this jeff Thanks for raising this with us. I will gather all of the details and provide the specifics tomorrow. In general, this was a reservation that was made before the verdict. I hope, the hope was that the verdict would be different and Ms. Holmes would be able to make this trip to attend the wedding of close friends in Mexico. Given the verdict, she does not plan to take the trip and therefore did not provide notice, seek permission, or request access to her passport, which the government has for the trip. But she also had not yet canceled the trip amidst everything that has been going on. We will have her do so promptly and we'll provide you with confirmation of that tomorrow. I will provide additional specific information tomorrow a.m. as well, but feel free to call me with questions. So he's saying that um, 
the details that all of this was done, the initial reservation was done before the verdict. That's what he's saying, that they were hoping the verdict would be different. We're going to go back to what the government said in just a second. Here's the response. Lance, um, here's what he had actually sent. Lance, recently the government became aware that Ms. Holmes has a reservation for international air travel scheduled to depart in the next few days. So they sent this ahead of when she was supposed to go. Ms. Holmes did not provide the government notice of this travel nor obtain approval from the court. In light of her current bail conditions, we find this concerning. We choose to bring this information directly to your attention with the hope by 11 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, you can provide proof that the international portion of her 126 travel reservation has been canceled. Separately, we are considering asking the court to schedule a bail review hearing to discuss this issue. Before we do that, and to help us evaluate the seriousness of this action, we are hoping you could provide an explanation for this conduct. We assume Ms. Holmes remains aware of her release conditions. Nevertheless, we would appreciate any context you can provide as we assess the need for court involvement. So that's going on. So let's go back now and talk about this timeline because I want to make sure that I have it straight, that you have it straight, that we're all on the same page. So at this point in time, she was out on bail when this was done. This was January of 2022. What he's saying here was this was a reservation. This is what the attorney says. This was a reservation that was made before the verdict and they were hoping that the verdict would be different. Now, let me scroll back up to what the government said in its part up here at the top, because I'm not sure that's all aligning up. And it may just be because they were talking about the dates that she was actually going to leave. They said uh, her attorney said that the reservation was before the verdict. It says here, the government became aware on January 23rd that she had booked an international flight to Mexico. And this is, okay, this is what they're saying here. The court does not account for her attempt to flee the country shortly after she was convicted. That's not adding up. I, am I missing something here? Because they're saying one thing they're saying that she attempted to do this shortly after she was convicted her attorney is saying but we already had the flight reservation i don't know why that information more information isn't in here why the government didn't ask for verification of that if i'm the attorney let me let me tell you my thoughts on this if i am the attorney because they said in the email, the government said in the email, we're going to go back and maybe ask the court to review the bail. Okay. We're thinking about doing that now because we're concerned that she is a flight risk. And this is a while back. Okay. This isn't now. This is a while back. Wouldn't you then say, let me send you a copy of the ticket so that you can see that this was done way in advance. Wouldn't you want to send that? Wouldn't you want to send something that that's evidence to show that your client was not acting in bad faith i would pull up everything i possibly could it comes across as concerning when there's not more here to support her position so if you know if i'm the government i'm feeling a little hesitant about believing the defendant when the defendant says oh no 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 we had purchased this before, this plane reservation before. So 
submit something along with it showing that so that I can have faith and believe in you. But I don't see that here. Maybe what will happen is because, you know, this was just submitted. Maybe in response, we will see something. Will there be a note saying, here's the date where you can see when we actually got this ticket? Because that's what I think is going to save her in this case. Other than that, the court has been lenient with giving her seven months to show up on her own. I'm sorry, not seven months, six months to show up on her own, turn herself in so that she can begin to serve her time. That's it. I hope you learned a little bit more about what was going on with this trip to Mexico <laughs> with the partner coming back from Africa and with the government saying, we now believe you are a flight risk. Go ahead and give the video a thumbs up and don't forget to subscribe. Peace.